Hey there, loyal listeners. With the holiday season approaching and the college football season winding down, I want to make sure I make everybody aware of a charity effort I do called Extra Life. Uh, What Extra Life is, it is a chance for gamers to raise money for various Children's Miracle Network hospitals. I do this in honor of a young man named Avon who passed away from leukemia at two years old. So all funds are going to fight pediatric cancer. They're going to the hospital that he was treated at, the Children's Hospital Foundation of Oklahoma City. And I am doing a 24-hour marathon next weekend. So make sure you come join my personal channel, twitch.tv slash ndtex. I'll be kicking this sucker off Friday, December 13th at 7 p.m. and going 24 hours, no sleep, raising lots of money. Check out and donate over at extralife.ndtex.com. Please be generous. Please spread the word and hope to see you there during the marathon. Welcome to another Picks Podcast over here at Her Little Sons. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. And as always, you can catch us live over here on twitch.tv slash Her Loyal Sons. You can also subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Come join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel, HerLittleSons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us over at our home at HerLittleSons.com. And with that said, I bring in a man who has finally caught up and overtaken me in this little game here. I bring in Eddie. Eddie, how are you doing? Howdy, friends, and welcome to the Internet's number one podcast within a podcast. That's right, kids. It is time for your favorite and mine, the annual podcast. Put your chest into it. It's your boy, Indy Eddie Mac, joining me for the next three hours to talk everything about the most important sporting event that there is, the Dr. Pepper halftime tuition football toss. That's right. It's Indy Text. Ryan, are you ready to take these people through all the ins and outs and why the chess pass is not only the way to victory, to education, but in fact, to your very salvation? It is. The chess pass is a way of life. I fully support doing whatever you can to get that money and not end up in a mountain of debt in college. Got to get paid. Got to get yes. paid. As long as it's legal, do it. You don't want it, outlaw it. It's simple. It's, I, I mean, how could you argue with it? But we'll get into all that and more over the next three and a half hours. <laughs> Welcome back. I hope you all have, are ready for this episode of Put Your Chest Into It. But before we get to that, we're going to do a quick break to go ahead and finish off the inevitable. I guess let's do the rest of these picks, huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, we will do the rest of the picks. So uh, Eddie has taken over in the rankings. We are nearing close. We had a rough start to this season. So the fact we're even nibbling at 500 after the bullshit start that we had. Who, buddy? Uh, Eddie is now 93, 94, and 1. I am 92 at 95 and one. Uh, we both had pretty decent weeks last week. Uh, Eddie nine and five, me eight and six. So we're gearing into it. We're going to pick every conference championship game. So it's going to be a little lighter than our usual slate. Uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting in the HLS pick them as well. It is definitely a two horse race. Although Maume Muchachos may have put enough distance in between himself and Sapipa. He has a seven game lead, so it's going to be mighty tough for some people to catch up. I don't know uh, how the two week drops are going to help you two gentlemen, uh, but I know what doesn't help me is continuing to forget to enter my own pick them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have now fallen to 165 and 168. So I need to remember to get these picks in so I can finish with a respectable 500 in the own contest I'm running. Jesus Christ, that's just sad. 
I mean, making the picks does improve your chances of getting some picks right, to be fair. Idiots doing idiot things because they're idiots. Thanks, Benny. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, But yes, we do have picks. Like I said, we got 10 games. And as a reminder, the reason uh, I have... I've actually put some focus in. I'm glad Eddie was running late because I could finish actual research because there is a $100 donation to my extra life campaign on the line. And for once I would like to actually beat Eddie in one of our head to head competitions here. I am a big offer against any individual side bet I have with Eddie. It is sad. It is crushing. I need to end this streak and I had a good lead and I'm blowing it right now. So I need to, I need to figure something out here. So with all that said, I- I think you're fine. No, no, I, I no. I just keep doing what you're doing. No, I've consulted every Oracle. I, I've, I've, I've turned on multiple mainframe computers. I've done the sports math. I've, I've checked out everything I could, every edge I can find. I'm ready, Eddie, and I'm going to be so pissed if you have every single pick that I have. Delphi can't save you now. Let's go, baby. All right, we bring up the beautiful board for the last time this regular season. And we're, this time, we're not going to go in full chronological order, just to kind of give you a heads up, kind of tease your way into some of the later games, but we will go ahead and start with Friday night. We are going to talk about the Pac-12 championship to start. Utah is a six and a half point favorite against number 13, Oregon. Uh, By all accounts, if Utah wins this and Georgia loses as expected, Utah could very well play their way into a playoff here. 46 is the total. Six and a half is what Utah is laying. Eddie, the floor is yours. I am going to take the Utah Utes. I believe in this Utah team. I really hope that Utah wins here. Uh, one, because I think they've been a very good team all year. And admittedly, they're the, the real knock against them is they don't have a signature win. Uh, they, they didn't schedule a ton of studs out of conference, but... The Pac-12 hasn't exactly helped them with that. This would be a good win for them. I hope that they get in there because I would much rather see this Utah team that I think is a very well-rounded team. Uh, Obviously, their rep is mostly for their defense this year, but as they showed last weekend, they can come out and put points on you if they want. I'd much rather see Utah go up against either LSU or OSU, who I think we're all expecting to be number one seed. I think it'd be a lot more fun than seeing Oklahoma's questionable defense if we're being kind (laughs) but we'll get into that later i really like this utah team and and man oregon justin herbert you know i feel like we all came into this year expecting he was he's a lot of talk about number one pick he's supposed to be this absolute stud and he really hasn't done anything this year uh and and the turnovers have gotten really really bad incredibly questionable decision-making. And I just, I don't know if I'm going to trust Mario Cristobal in a big game here. (laughs) So in front of what are we thinking? 24,000 people. Oh, the worst located game until they move the sucker to Vegas. Oh, it's such a terrible idea uh, with where they've got it at the 49ers stadium in Santa Clara. But uh, you don't have to worry about too much crowd noise, but I'll take the Utes here. I'm actually on the same side as you, Eddie. And and of course, this would help if I actually could believe in Oregon as well. But since the weirdness against Southern Cal, which is the only game that Utah dropped, Eddie, Utah has been 8-0 and against the spread. And also, crazy enough, they've played most of those games under. Five of them have been under, two have been over, one's been a push on the total. Their average margin of victory has been 29, which is a combination of of that defense, which has only given up less than 30 points. And the only time somebody scored 20 points against them, that was Washington. And that was a a nice little victory that they had. It was probably the sloppiest they looked in a big game, but they still came away and they still covered at the end of the day. Oregon, on the other hand, is an even 500 against the spread overall, six and six. They have only been an underdog once this season And that was against Auburn. And I think we remember how Mario Cristobal handled that situation as a dog. He didn't just let Auburn come all the way through the back door. He let him freaking win the damn game when they had the thing sewed up. So yeah, Mario Cristobal, big game. Plus Utah, they're just flat out murdering fools. 
Huntley has been one hell of a quarterback, extremely efficient. I think I was looking at, I don't have it written down here, but like the average yards per attempt is actually like two full yards higher than what Herbert has right now, which is something I would not have expected at the beginning of the season. So yeah, Utah can put up some points. And they also uh, got a little bit of uh, disrespect earlier this morning because for whatever reason, the ESPN decided to throw Paul Feinbaum on Get Up or whatever first take or so they had going on. And he was saying that regardless of what Utah did here, nobody in the nation wants to see Utah make the playoffs. Well, Paul, uh, you don't speak for a whole hell of a lot of people. You certainly don't speak for me. I'd love to see Utah in the playoff. And uh, they, by God, they deserve it by the way they're playing. So Utah's got plenty to play for. I still think they want to make some statements. So I'll take the Utes as well. All right, we're going to move into Saturday. We're going to start with the non-Power 5 conference titles here, and then we'll kind of build our way up into the later. Paul is a clown. Yes, by bomb, absolute clown. 100% agree. All right. So moving to the Sun Belt Championship, where Louisiana Lafayette is taking on number 21 Appalachian State. App State is a six and a half point favorite. 56 is your total. And I am going to go with the Raging Cajuns in this one. So ULL has been shockingly, shockingly good against the spread. Nine and three is how they're doing against the number. They're two and oh as an underdog. And in one of those games, they won outright when they beat Ohio 45 to 25. So I like the territory that we're in here. I like that little trend. Not only that, we got just a slight public advantage right now on App State, 50, uh, 55% of the tickets and are, are towards App State. However, 61% of the money is on Louisiana Lafayette. The Sharps like the Raging Cajuns. I like the Raging Cajuns. I like the trend against the number. Go ahead and give me ULL. Who do you got, Eddie? I'm on Luloth as well. Uh, these two teams met earlier this year, met early October. Appy State won that one by 10. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about teams having to play each other twice in a year and how tough it is to beat a team twice. Uh, Luloff hasn't lost a game since that day. Uh, they've actually covered in every game except for one. Uh, they were 27 and a half point favorite against South Alabama, only won by 10. But they've not only won every game since the uh, loss to Appy State, they've only missed one cover. As you mentioned, they've been very good against the number this year. And I just, I, I like those revenge games. I, there's something about it. If you're going to give me points in that situation for the team that lost round one, I'm usually going to take those points. So right. go ahead and put me down for Luloff as well. Wait, we need to disagree somewhere in here. I do not like this start. <laughs> let's see what happens. Ah, do we? No, yes, we no, do. What's, at what's least it wrong with walking hand in hand into the gates of hell? So, my I friend. cannot win. That is why. Let's go to some action. Where Central Michigan is a six and a half point favorite against the only University of Miami that can actually win some football games. That is Miami and Ohio. 54 is your total. Again, Central Michigan Lane, six and a half. Who do you got, Eddie? Fire up chips. Central Michigan's been playing good ball lately. Uh, they're nine and two against the spread all year long. Last week, they beat the absolute piss out of Toledo, 49 to seven. Miami of Ohio, on the other hand, they lost by two touchdowns to the mighty men of Muncie in Ball State. <laughs> That's... Uh, that dog ain't going to hunt. I like the chips here. I, I feel like they've been a very profitable team, and I see no reason to buck that trend here. Well, unfortunately, Eddie, we must have been sharing the same notes or something because I'm on Central Michigan as well. Uh, like you said, Miami of Ohio is going the wrong direction in this one. Uh, they, they lost, they're coming off a loss, so you got that going. Uh, CMU right now, uh, when they're a when they're actually favored in a game, as they are here, they are 5-0 and against the spread, 9-3 and against the number overall. And something a little bit weird that I found interesting, because typically when you got a, a near touchdown spread, you, you, you want somebody to be able to get close, at least I feel. To, you don't want it to be a rock fight. You don't want it to go under. The last few times Miami has actually won, it has been on the under. 
And by, well, I had the nine and three on the wrong side. It was the over is what CMU has been on nine and three. So they will put up some points. I think they're good enough to go ahead and get that touchdown win here. So with one team going the wrong direction and the other one going the right direction, I will take Central Michigan as well. Well, hopefully we, we have a disagreement somewhere soon because let's see if we get some with Kiffy Kins in the Conference USA Championship where FAU is a seven and a half point favorite against UAB. 50 is the total here. And if you will remember back to the first episode, the first real regular season episode that we had, we took, or at least I remember taking Florida Atlantic to have a cover against Ohio State. It's one of the few times Ohio State has lost against the number where Kiffkins had an absolutely heroic backdoor cover effort there. I'm going to go ahead and roll with Kiffykins one more time. This could be the last time he coaches at FAU. He could be trying to do a little bit of an on-field interview for, I don't know, maybe Arkansas or something along those lines. But beyond that, Kiffykins is 8-4 and four against the spread. And it's with the aforementioned Ohio State in there, they also have the highest margin of victory in Conference USA. UAB, decent against the spread. They're 7-5. and five. What sealed it for me, though, is I told you I went to many oracles, Eddie. I went to the altar of Bill Conley. I said, what do your what does your sports math say? What does the SP plus say here? He's got him at I'm, eight. I'm sorry. I, be- I believe it's the plus. The, the, the plus has him at eight points in this one. That'll cover the number. I'll go ahead and take Kiffkins one more time. One last ride. Who do you got, Eddie? Yeah, the the Spaploos projection didn't really make me feel great. I'd usually prefer two or three points of difference before feeling really good about it. But what it really comes down to is I just think FEU's a lot better than UAB is. Uh, UAB, one of the great stories of the last few years, losing their team, having the you know the school pull the football program, brought it back after fairly large outcry support, and they've been playing good football since their return. That said. You mentioned the the margin of victory. When FAU beat somebody, they beat the hell out of somebody. The only real concern for me in this game with the Owls is, like you mentioned, Lane might take the Arkansas job on Friday, and then who the <laughs> hell knows what's going to happen. Kiffy Kins has done a good job with FAU. Uh, they're looking at possibly going back-to-back in the conference championships. I like this Owls team. I, I think they're just a notch above. You can tell that Vegas is concerned because this opened at seven, and the fact that they would move off of the seven to seven and a half, that's how much they're concerned about it, and I think they got to keep going. All right. Well, we got one more before we hit the break here. This could potentially have an outside effect on the group of five Cotton Bowl bid. And in the Mountain West title game, you have Boise State, number 19 team in the nation, as a 14-point favorite against Hawaii. Total in this one is 64.5. For the love of God, Eddie, let's have a disagreement. What do you got? Deja vu all over again. Ryan, we did this once before. Mm-hmm. We and sure I, did. I, t- I told you how much I love the Bows. Since that day, the Bows have made me even more money. I, I love them. They're so much damn fun to watch. I capped off the last night of the regular season last weekend at about 3 a.m. with Hawaii <laughs> running back a fucking 98-yard pick six. I mean, Hawaii is glorious football acid. <laughs> but those boys from the island got to go to Idaho. Temperature's going to be between 39 and 45 chance of rain. Boise don't lose on the blue turf. And, man, Hawaii's defense is so trash. Boise's going to put up a lot of points on them. And while Hawaii can score, this is one of those, you got to score every time you touch the ball or you're dead. And even that might not be enough. Boise's the better team. I don't like laying 14 against Hawaii. Hawaii is a team that could definitely backdoor you. But I'm going to go ahead and lay it. Give me Boise. Well, it finally happened. Eddie, I know it's early. I know we only have 1,200 tickets so far on here. But this line, it's not cartoon stink line. It's starting to stink a little bit. It's starting to smell. 
because 77% of the tickets and 65% of the money are on Boise State, yet the line has moved from 15.5 to 14. A little bit of reverse line movement going on, so that dictates a little bit of a potential early sharp uh, action that was actually on the Bows, who had 23% of the tickets, but 35% of the money. That's a 12% difference. Something here stinks a little bit. Uh, but not only that, Hawaii has been decent against the number. Uh, they are 7-6 and six against the spread. And when they beat the number, they actually do it fairly comfortably. This is probably why you made money on them, Eddie. 3.4 is the average that they actually beat the number by. So I like them with that. I like the little bit of stink reverse line movement here. But what I also like kind of in here, which is going to be interesting, I haven't seen officially because Boise, last time they were in this situation, the starting QB was not announced until damn near right before kickoff. They've had some QB injury troubles. Hank Bachmeyer has been fighting injuries all month. The backup Chase Cord has been fighting a couple injuries as well. I don't know who's going to be starting a quarterback, but I have a good feeling they're not going to be at 100%. And if the weather's a little bit shitty, that ain't going to feel good on the body either. So I like this game to, to go ahead and go in the bow's favor. I'm going to, I'm going to fade that early action here. Hopefully it doesn't bite me in the ass since it is again, a Wednesday, Wednesday night. We're looking at this only 1200 tickets, but the early returns right now, it, it looks weird. It looks too weird for me. So I'm going to go away from it. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we got one more group of five title game. And then the rest of the Power Five coming up right after this. All right, we are back, and it is time to pick the rest of these championship games out. We are going to pick the one that should actually affect the Cotton Bowl the most. Winner of this game likely could go possibly with catapult Boise state, depending on how that goes out. If Cincinnati were to win, but you got number 17 Memphis in the driver's seat, a nine and a half point favorite against number 20 Cincinnati 57 and a half is the total. And the reason Eddie is one fucking game ahead of me is because Memphis could not get one extra point in an 11 point spread. And thus I lost. And thus, I am now having to catch up. However, I gotta, I gotta be level here, Eddie. I, I can't pick with spite when there's, there's a hundred dollar donation to Extra Life on the line. I gotta be level headed. I gotta look at what's going on here. And one of the first stops I made was to Bill C, checking out the SP Plus. He's got this sucker pegged at a fifteen point four point margin of victory. <laughs> So, uh, and also the second highest winning probability of the slate at 81%. So Memphis, at least with the sports math is the far superior team. I would like to think that Memphis can figure out what happened, what the hell went wrong and make sure they cover comfortably. And what's also helping is the spread's not 11. It's nine and a half right now. Not only that with the early action right now, it's starting to lean a little bit more towards Cincinnati. However, some of the sharp money might be on there as well. Uh, but the line is starting to come down in Memphis's favor. So I like that it's not at the opening of 10 because that might scare me a little bit more. But I will go ahead. Memphis, I forgive you. Don't do this to me again or you will be fucking dead to me in the ball picks, you assholes. <laughs> Give me the Tigers. Who you got, Eddie? This uh, this is a, this is the toughest one on the board for me to be quite honest. Uh, and part of me wants to just take Memphis to fuck with you. Um, but I that's you know in in this household we respect our opponents and we respect the game. I have written down Cincinnati and and here's why. You are sitting there crying and moaning because you couldn't get one more point in this game. Look, the way I lost the Iron Bowl, your tears can be used on somebody else. I got no sympathy for you. Hey, on it's that. not my fault. Alabama decided to throw two touchdowns in the wrong direction and still can't kick a fucking field goal. Oh, God, <laughs> just real quick. I heard this on some show the other day since Nick Saban has been at Alabama. Oh, this is on the Alabama cover three. Missed, I know what you're about to say. <laughs> he's missed more kicks than literally any other team in D one. 
unbelievable. No other it's, team in FBS play has missed more field goals than Nick Saban in Alabama. <laughs> The, the good news is that Ninja, the fucking Fortnite streamer, <laughs> finally figured out the problem. You should just make the kicks. How how nobody's thought of that until now, I don't know. But shout out to that goober. All right, you you mix mixer backstabbing twitch motherfucker. Like the best <laughs> that that's a deep cut for anybody that follows fucking twitch streamers. <laughs> But the funniest part was somebody like retaliated against him. Is like can't understand why a pro gamer can't make every single shot he yep. had, and then replied <laughs> it, with the rant was incredible. It's like you don't understand everything that goes into it. I'm like, oh my god, he constructed the argument and he doesn't even realize it. <laughs> it's so beautiful. What a, what a tool. To to ninjas, anyway. to, to ninja's credit though. He he said, never ask the internet for their honest opinion because I'm getting fucking roasted right now. <laughs> well, you, you walked into the fire on that one. Uh, but, but where I was going is the reason Memphis didn't cover, Cincinnati did everything they could. They were three turnovers late. Obviously, that's what killed Cincinnati. Memphis did a great job in the first half. Cincinnati played much better in the second half, except for the turnovers. Here's the problem with Cincinnati, though. Their quarterback, Bryant, that did all the work and moved the ball real well against Memphis, he's not their normal starter. Ritter is their normal starter. He was banged up, and apparently Fickle came out earlier this week and said, look, Ritter's our guy. If he can go, he's going to play. But he's been fucking terrible the last few days. <laughs> he really has. <laughs> so, I, man... I don't know. I, I, I feel like Cincinnati's defense can contain Memphis well enough to where if they don't give them four extra possessions, they're in this game. Plus, you've got the back-to-back issue. I'm going to take Cincinnati here. I, I don't feel good about it. Uh, I, I saw Bill C's Papoose on this game. Papoose had a real bad last two weeks. Um, it has. This is true. This and, should be mentioned. And and I don't. I'm I'm not trying to discredit or anything, but I'm I'm not following as blindly as I had <laughs> earlier in the week or earlier in the season. I mean, it's just I don't know, man. I can't get over the back to back thing. I I feel like you got to take points in that. Situation. Yeah, and that that is one of the hard parts about this is that it is back to back. But now I'm like back to back. It's like you didn't cover last time, assholes. Now you got to cover. That that's. that's my twisted logic right now. This is what happens when you have the mind of a degenerate. All right, back <laughs> to the Power Five we go. We will start with the Big 12 title game. Speaking of rematches, number seven, Baylor against number six, Oklahoma. This will be played down in Jerry World, a little bit close in my area right now. Oklahoma, an eight and a half point favorite. 63 and a half is your total. Who do you have in this one, Eddie? Give me the smock it. I still don't trust Oklahoma. I don't give a shit if they covered against Okie State last week. I remain wholly unimpressed. Jalen Hurts is waiting to turn the ball over to you. It's all he wants to do. Oklahoma has not looked good the last month and a half of this season. They really haven't. Um, Baylor, meanwhile, has looked really, really good last half of the season. And then you go back to the game that these two played before. Obviously, Baylor. The problem is, you know, in, in hockey, you always hear, or soccer as well, you hear about the two-goal lead is the most dangerous lead there is. Well, what we've <laughs> clearly realized over the last couple of years, the 28-3 to three lead is the most dangerous lead in football. Go for two if it's 27-3. <laughs> Go for two. Just, just fucking kneel. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but Baylor realizes that now. Uh, Matt Rule... You know, it's, it's either Matt Rule or, or Benjamin Fleck for me for Coach of the Year. What he's done with Baylor this year has just been absolutely incredible. I really like the way that team plays. I, this is going to sound really weird, and I don't know if anyone would agree with me on this, but I think a Baylor team that wins this game on Saturday is more deserving of a playoff spot over Utah than an Oklahoma team. Ooh, spicy take. On Saturday. Spicy take. I, I like just, that. you know, Baylor has the one loss to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's got a way worse loss. They That's don't, very true. 
you know, their, their one key win would also be Baylor, but I guess you get the times two multiplier. Uh, <laughs> I, I would be able to argue to myself that Baylor getting in over Utah is less offensive than Oklahoma. Uh, you know, obviously we all know that there are other factors that go into it, which Baylor clearly does not have on Oklahoma. And obviously Baylor's non-con should be punished because good God, <laughs> what a trash fire. <laughs> but when it comes to this game, I don't trust Oklahoma to cover a spread. That's all that there is to it. I really like the way Baylor's playing. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, this is easily the best of the uh, major conference games. Is it possible I think that Baylor, Baylor to make the is, playoffs? Yes, I think Baylor's got a shot here. Yeah, it um, is. It is possible, Benny, to make the playoffs. That's what Eddie just detailed. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm I'm saying I could make the argument I, easier if if Baylor wins this game. They're still not getting in. Well, I, if Baylor wins, I do not and- think. Baylor it is wins, possible Utah in the way that it is possible that fucking, I don't know, Alabama somehow still sneaks in. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Don't do that. I'm enjoying my, my thought of the Alabama free playoff. Don't put that back out in the universe. <laughs> All right. I'm Eddie. saying that's, that's how equal their chances are. <laughs> so I think Oklahoma is starting to become Oklahoma State for, for me <laughs> because I, if I pick against them, they they end up uh, or if I pick them they end up co- they end up failing to cover. If I pick against them they ended up covering. I mean we only got like a, a about three or so weeks of history going there. But after the wheels fell off the wagon, yeah things have been a little bit weird with Oklahoma. But you mentioned that previous game. Do you remember the one key element that was missing in that game, Eddie? Yeah, not feeling great about C.D. Lamb being around for this one. Yeah, C.D. Lamb is all systems go in this game, and that's a load of difference. And and despite C.D. Lamb not being there, Oklahoma came back on Baylor. Granted, most dangerous lead in football, but they came back on them without arguably their best player. Now, Eddie had a great point, and I actually have that written down. Jalen Hurts turnovers. The solid verbal Dan Rubenstein in particular nailed it is that Jalen Hurts is both the answer to and the cause of all of Oklahoma's problems. And that's what happened in that Baylor game. Hurts literally put the ball on the turf at one point. The turnovers were inexcusable. So that was part of what helped against Oklahoma State. Hurts played a clean game, and that's why OU ended up pulling away in that game. So if they can do that, and this is about as true of a neutral field as you can get, You'll have people coming from Norman. You have a lot of local folk that are, are OU fans. Same with Baylor. You got local folk around here that are Baylor fans. Waco is not that far away. It's going to be a true neutral site. I think both both fans will come in force uh, pretty well for this one. Uh, so it's you also have that element not being there. This is not a game days here, home crowd advantage for Baylor where you're all hyped up and you're able to just hit that first wave as hard as you can. And then Oklahoma weathered the storm. I don't think there's a storm to be weathered this time. That's not to take anything away from Baylor, because as Eddie said, Matt Rule has done an incredible fucking job with this team. I've been extremely impressed with Baylor all season long and what Matt Rule has been able to do. But I think this time in the back-to-back, OU is going to clean up the mistakes that they made. I think deep down they feel they are the superior team, and they knew that they could come back on it. And all they got to do is play clean football. All they got to do is execute. I like Lincoln Riley to clean up and attack that Baylor defense a little bit differently, especially now that he's got his best weapon. So, yeah, even though the wheels fell off the wagon, even though it was only one cover and one cover does not a trend make, I like OU in this one. So this we got a lot of disagreement now. Shit's going to get real interesting real quick. <laughs> this late, Eddie. Yeah. Real, uh, real quick though. Uh, my notes from what you sent earlier, you had, Oh, you at eight and a half. AN's got it at nine right now. So oh, they do. which line are we going oh, on? We will, we will go with nine and I, I'm still not going to okay. change my pick on that one, but yes, we will go with nine. A good catch there. Uh, see, they had that line open at nine and a half. So now, uh, went from eight and a half back up to nine. Next, SEC title game. And speaking of line movement, we had some here. Number four, Georgia. Number two, LSU. It's a de facto playoff game here. Seven points is what LSU is favored by. Total is 55. Although this game opened, uh, the Action Network had it at a consistence of four. I saw a couple places where it opened at three and a half. 
And that got pounded in a hurry, as, as would be expected. So I'm actually not, th this by far has the most tickets bet on it, according to the Action Network. 73% of tickets and money with over 6,000 tickets placed so far. Ooh, that's spicy. Um, so I'm actually not taking too much stock in that right now because of the field goal line movement. That being said, despite the public action, I'm actually not taking that into account because of that line movement, but I am still going to take Georgia. Here's why Georgia is, we, we know about the offense. They don't light anything up. That defense is what I'm counting on here. They are the number one defense in the supluse. And they, they play like it. They're stacked with five stars up and down. They got a good secondary. They got a hell of a pass rush. So I'm not saying they're going to stop LSU's offense because I don't know if anybody can really truly stop LSU's offense, but I could see them making LSU work for it a little bit harder. And they've been keeping games really, really close as of late uh, for the most part. And, and that's an LSU on the other side. They've been known to cough up points. So I'm expecting the D to travel here for Georgia. I don't think they're going to win this game. Don't get me wrong. I think LSU is going to come out with the victory here, but I think Georgia's going to keep it close. I wouldn't be surprised if we have the seeming annual tradition of Kirby Smart or whoever the fuck's coaching Georgia to come up, look like they're going to pull a huge upset and then pants themselves at the end of the fourth quarter. That's what this game's got it all written over. If this spread was closer to that four, maybe even five, you know, six, maybe I would consider LSU, but that's a little bit too much of a line movement for one of the best defenses in the nation. So the fact that it is a full touchdown now, I'll go ahead and take Georgia. And, you know, honestly, I'm kind of hoping for a push here. Who do you got, Eddie? So a couple of things that you mentioned, I don't necessarily think this is a, a playoff game play in. Obviously for Georgia, it is. If Georgia beats LSU, I think they get number four slot. I think LSU's in no matter what. They Unless Georgia are. comes out, you know, if Georgia comes out and beats him by 40 and Joe Burrow breaks his leg. Oh, God. Jesus. That's Eddie. maybe the only way that they don't still get in. Uh, we're, you know, I think the next two games we're going to talk about, I think that those teams are going to be in no matter what as well, but we'll get to them. Uh, I do think Georgia's got a play in game. If they win, they're in. The one thing that you didn't mention, however, is Georgia's not coming in at full strength. They Yes, they do have somebody out. This is true. Cager, Cager's banged up. Swift is banged up. Two of their defensive starters are banged up. You know, they got real loose against the Bees last week, but it, it might have been a Pyrrhic victory. Uh, <laughs> they they got real loose some with some fist guys. flying, too. They also got a suspension they're dealing with. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're missing a lot of weapons. Meanwhile, and, and I don't want to take anything away from their defense. Their defense is fantastic. Uh, we saw the rock fight that they had with A&M. We talked about how both of these are good you know, defensive teams. It's going to be a hard-fought battle. Well, LSU went up against one of those good defenses last week. Wait, are you calling the they Aggies dropped. a good defense? Because I'm not. I, they are a solid defensive team. They're not at Georgia's level, but you know Georgia managed – 19 fraudulent ass Elko. Mm, mm, that's, I don't know if I'm ready to go there yet. I am. I'm uh, pissed at that team right now, but L LSU dropped 50 on them. This LSU team is incredible. They obviously they want to keep their spot in the playoffs, but they really want to get that number one seed. They don't want Clemson in the first round. Nobody wants Clemson in the first round. They want to come out and beat the shit out of this Georgia team. And the problem with Georgia, they do not have the horses if they get down. If they get down, they're screwed. And it's kind of like I've, I feel like we've had the same conversation a couple times with LSU games. LSU's just real damn good. Yes, they are. The, you know, the, the defense is obviously questionable. Tons of points given up to Bama. Hell, they gave up 37 Ole Miss. Plumley uh, gashed the hell out of them. Yeah, he had a hell of a day. Uh, but the problem is Georgia doesn't have anything to take advantage of it. They are, they are there to choke you out. They want, they want to be the boa constrictor that the uh, cover three guys like to call them. It's, it's a very good team, but LSU is just on a, another level. 
And so I've, I've got LSU here. I, I wish it wasn't all the way up to seven, but I don't have a problem laying it. I think this is easily a two-score game. Well, let's see how you feel about this line movement in the ACC title game. Virginia, the lowest-ranked team in the Power Five title games, number 23, is going to go take on Clemson. Congratulations. The seventh team to win the ACC Coastal in seven years is now a sacrificial lamb. Clemson favored by 28 and a half. The reason I said line movement is because this is insane line movement. This opened at 21 and a half. We have full touchdown movement. And on top of that, you got Dabo talking like, he's got to win this game. It's a must win for Dabo, Eddie. Nobody believes in the poor little Clemson Tigers. Who do you got? Man, look, fuck Dabo. He's such a sanctimonious <laughs> asshole. I hate him so much. And it's a shame because there are a lot of players on this Clemson team that I like. I really like this team. They're very fun to watch. They're very fun to root for. But man, Dabo, shut the fuck up. Oh, my Lord. Um, I don't like the hook on the 28 and a half, but I don't care. UVA got their Coastal t- Division title. They did everything they wanted. Uh, I think Bronco Mendonal is a hell of a coach. I, you'll recall going back to the preseason, I was scared as shit about the Virginia game because they're, they're a smart team. Uh, Got to love what Bryce Perkins has done all year. Uh, had a hell of a game last week against Virginia Tech. The defense plays physical. Obviously, Bronco Mendenhall is a great coach. But shit, Clemson's going to fucking roast them, dude. This is going to be ugly. Very, very high backdoor cover potential here. That twenty-eight and a half is scary. But you know, we we started talking at the end of October. Look, Clemson's going to get angry, and it's going to start getting ugly for people. And you know, all the talk about that Dabo's been doing lately—it's been that way. Starting with Florida State on October eleventh, their lowest total is the 38 last week against South Carolina. They hadn't been below 45 before that going back to October. So this team is they're in murder mode. It's scary. Yeah, UVA, congrats. Congrats on a job well done. You got the seven and seven bonus ball for us all. But nah, you're you're dead. <laughs> oh God. I was I was ready to take Clemson minus whatever. I was like, oh I don't know what the number would be for me to not take Clemson. I think I found it, Eddie. I think it's 28 and a half. That's so many wow. fucking points. <laughs> wow. 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 Uh, and, and it's not just the, the backdoor potential. Like, look, I 100% agree with everything you've said. And, and look, the last few games, folks, it's not like the, the trend is, is saying anything like this is not going to happen. Uh, because here, here is a listing of the last, Three spreads that they've covered. 34, 35, 27 and a half. They missed Wofford barely at 48 and a half. Then they covered Boston College, 35 and a half. Covered Louisville, 24. Covered Florida State, 25 and a half. I like to think Florida, oh no, excuse me, Virginia is on the level of Florida State or Louisville, at least a little bit higher up. What concerns me in this game and why I was really ready to not take Virginia at just about no matter what. Uh, is because of what Notre Dame did to Virginia. If you will remember the second half of that game, it was dominated by Notre Dame's defensive line. Notre Dame's got a damn good defensive line. Clemson's is a hell of a lot better. So that does terrify me. But Jesus Christ, 28 and a half points in a fucking conference title game in a ranked matchup? Oh, I, I can't, I can't do it. That's just, that's too many damn points. And then not helping the co- the case here. And I know it's early, but we do have 3,500 tickets on this game. 63% of the tickets and money on Clemson. So public's leaning heavy that way. That's with the line movement. Shit. I, I don't feel good about it. I just, I, I felt so unworldly uncomfortable about that number. I just couldn't fucking do it. So here we go. I'm rolling with the who's I God, I feel really bad about this. Now I was hoping you would be on the other side of this shit. Oh, well we got one more game left. 
And it's the final conference championship game of the evening. It is your main event, I guess. Number one, Ohio State, a 16 and a half point favorite against number eight, Wisconsin. Total on this one is 56 points. Eddie, this line, this fucking line, it stinks to high heaven and a half. Cartoon fucking stink lines right now. We have over. In which way? We have over 4,000 tickets on this game, Eddie. 79% of the tickets and 90% of the fucking money, 90, 90% of the money is on Ohio State. And what has Vegas done? They have taken an 18-point opening line and moved it down to 16 and a half. This line stinks. I don't get it. I don't understand it whatsoever. It screams trap and a half. So because of that, I'm going to go Wisconsin. I'm probably dead wrong on this. I feel (laughs) it's weird. This is one of the out there picks that I feel kind of the worst about, but at least the numbers are backing me up there. As far as this reverse line movement, that's nearly a field goal swing when 90% of the money is going the other fucking direction. That makes that makes no sense. I don't get it at all. So I'm staring into it. I'm staring into the weird. Vegas seriously knows something, and I think they're already like all these casinos. Like every single one of them is fighting a new fucking wing of their casino right now. A few sports book enhancements off this game. Who do you got, Eddie? Well, it's it's. I don't like this. I don't like it at all. Uh, you, you brought up the reverse line movement, and that is that is very strange. You know, it's it's always strange. In in the last game you talked about, you've got 73% of the tickets and money on Clemson, but that line moved an entire touchdown. So right. it makes sense. They're chase they are chasing bets. This one is weird. It it almost feels like they are begging you to take Ohio State. The I mean, if it had stuck on 17, that would be one thing. But the drop under 16 and a half is just uh, that's the spray painting free candy on the side of the van. Vegas doesn't give you Vegas doesn't give you free deals on fucking bets. Y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, these, these two teams played earlier this year, month and a half ago, they played Ohio state beat them 38 to seven. The seven obviously is a problem. The 38, that's a decent number to hold Ohio state to. So I feel okay about Wisconsin trying to hang in there defensively. Obviously, we also saw with Ohio State, Penn State made it a physical game. They had Chase Young back for that game, and it was only a 28-17. You know, Penn State was in that late. One of the few games they didn't cover. Yeah, Penn State was in it late. Um, Wisconsin last week against Minnesota, uh, sadly, I didn't focus a ton on that game. I went back and tried to watch parts that I missed. So there was a, that two o'clock slot got real busy there. And sadly, I had to watch our game <laughs> on <laughs> one of the worst broadcasts oh, I've God ever seen. Almighty. Uh, I, had, I had that muted real quick. I, mean, I, I, I voluntarily was listening to Gary fucking Danielson. That doesn't tell you that. <laughs> I don't know what will. But back to this game. Last week, Ohio State, uh, I'm sorry, Wisconsin against Minnesota in a damn snowstorm was busting out the, I don't know where they found these pages in the playbook because they hadn't been there all year. Some of the past plays they were busting out were incredible. Uh, Their offense looked fantastic. Obviously, when you think Wisconsin, you're expecting Jonathan Taylor. The one good thing about utilizing Jonathan Taylor as much as they do is you can run away from Chase Young. Obviously, there are a whole lot of other really good players on that Ohio State team, but you can neutralize his impact a little bit. The other benefit that you have with regard to Wisconsin is because they do typically lean on the run, you're limiting possessions. The less Ohio State has the ball, the less they're able to score on you. Obviously, Ohio State came out and beat the shit out of Michigan last week. They beat the hell out of a lot of teams. They are a better team. And they're going to be motivated because much like uh, with LSU, they want to stay in that number one slot because Clemson is scary and you don't want to see them in the first round. I'd much rather take whoever comes out of the battle Royal from Utah, Oklahoma and Baylor. If it was in a vacuum, I'd take Ohio state, but 
the line movement. Any anytime Vegas is beckoning you into something that much, I I got to run the other way. So I'm on the Badgers with you as well. All right, yeah, I I figured you were going to see the exact same numbers I saw and be like, no, fuck this shit. (laughs) And and the Sapluce as well has Wisconsin picked in this one, uh, saying Ohio State's going to win by about 14 points. So a a, a very, maybe a backdoor cover is predicting here, but I have, Eddie, I cannot remember seeing a line movement like that or, or, you know, where even 90% of the money is on one side. And then Vegas like, you know what? Please give us more of that money. We're going to make this more enticing for you to bet. You know, some sharp play something on Wisconsin and it terrified Vegas one way or the other. But man, I've, I, this is, I can't explain this. It makes no sense at all. So yeah, I, it, it is just about, I probably still will put action on the game, but damn, I tell you what, it's about scared me away from it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm the same way. You know, if, if this had opened up at 16 and a half, I, I would be calling my financial advisor to see how I can <laughs> liquidate half my mortgage to bet it on Ohio state. But, but this movement's really weird. You know, obviously we're still talking about all this on a Wednesday. This could all be very premature. This could end up getting bet back to Ohio state minus 21. And then we're both going to look like idiots when they come out and beat the shit out of them by 35 again. But Hey, that's the risks we take to bring you such high quality content. This glorious podcast of picks that I'm sure the six of you that are listening because you haven't figured out how to subscribe to other podcasts yet, or you can't get Spotify to open on your phone or we're on Spotify radio. Fuck. Uh, and music. Just let me get my jokes off. man. <laughs> anyway, what a fucking weekend we have. I mean, yeah, a lot of these big spreads are getting some people to say like, Oh, I guess these conference championships are going to be boring, man. I don't know about that. I think these are going to be very exciting. And again, I know that the big focus is going to be on the major conferences, but look down the list. That I mean, that Hawaii-Boise game is going to be great. That Cincinnati-Memphis game is going to be a barn burner. I think that one's going to be really fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun last week, and nothing was on the line. You put that potential group of five slot up, uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's been a hell of a year. Ryan, it's time to put one more nail in your coffin. I refuse to let this streak end. Nope. I love you, Mm-mm. but but your your punishment must continue. Your Sisyphean efforts will go on in all eternity. And with that, children, them be the picks. Now, can we get into the important stuff and spend an hour and a half talking about the Dr. Pepper <laughs> tuition football throw challenge? You can't picks. even get it out without laughing. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Uh- it is. It is one of the best parts about Championship Week. And all right, folks. So there's a lot of disagreement. But if for some reason we end up tied after this week, Eddie and Eddie will come on when I'm doing my Extra Life Marathon next week or next weekend, more specifically, because I'm going to be staying up late. I'm going to be doing a lot of gaming and fundraising to fight pediatric cancer for the kids. So if an Army Navy game must be picked, we will do it live over there. So make sure you give. My personal channel, follow twitch.tv slash ndtex and visit extralife.ndtex.com. Very excited for, for doing that and getting a little bit of a gaming and fundraising break in there into this. But folks, that is going to wrap it up for this regular season on the Picks Pod. Hope you join us again over on twitch.tv slash Sons when we recap whatever's going on with the Bulls on Monday and where ND's going to land Camping World. And you can also make sure to uh, subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, despite what Eddie says. You can also find us on Discord, herlittlesons.com slash Discord, of course, and our home at herlittlesons.com. Y'all, enjoy the final Saturday of college football like this. Go Irish. Have a good one. Hell yeah, Laura.